lately, there's been a lot of shows and movies speaking of time periods where let's just say black people really, really, really was having a hard time when it came to dealing with white folk, racism and Jim Crow and the whole nine. Like tonight is his Sunday. Um, Currently they have the documentary about this lady that against the Klan, I guess got justice for her son. This was back, of course, when Jim Crow was at his height, actually after the sit and this trial and the fight to bring people to justice went on even into the seventies or what have you. But that ain't what I'm here to talk about. The other day I watched a wonderful it's a time peace period series that was on um, Prime, and I suggest a lot of people, you go and watch it. There's few series, movies, images that trigger me, that makes me become emotional. And apparently this one really triggered the fuck out of me because I actually am doing a whole fucking episode discussing this. And this is not really a review of the movie per se, even though I will be talking about the movie and we'll be giving some spoilers, but this is more about the images, the thought press behind it and what I feel you should get out of when you see this movie beyond the 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 horror of it. So, <sighs> welcome to the Smokers Lounge. I am your host, Kavanaugh, the Soviet champ, a.k.a. the porn rap star. This wonderful podcast that I'm doing, the Smokers Lounge, is on Anchor, the perfect app for you to start your podcast career. You can do it on your laptop, computer, iPad, iPod, whatever, device you may have and um all this is just if you got a phone you download it if you are on your laptop go to anchor.fm today and you can just get a profile set up everything and start podcasting oh and the beauty of this is the podcast is monetized so you can make money out the box period so and it's free you ain't got to pay anything to keep the damn thing going all you got to do is just record push the button so go to anchor today and start your podcast career this podcast is also sponsored by the facebook of the ls community just in case you know what i mean by ls there's lifestyle i mean swingers bdsm you know the freaky people as y'all like to call them lsworld.com go there today get yourself a profile and find out about events in your area and also connect with people that might share your same kinky interests also um i'm as you know from previous episodes i'm the porn rap star so you can see my porn you can listen to my music and um you can follow me on social media so go to all my links dot com backslash porn rap star. 
Also, the Smokers Lounge is a proud member of the GW District Black Podcast Network. So go to shopgwdistrict.com today and not only listen to my podcast and many others that are ran by black folk, you can also buy products that are made and uh, manufactured and sold by black people. So go to shopgwdistrict.com and um, well, shop.gwdistrict.com buy black and support black businesses today. So now I got all this shit out of the way. Um, me and my wife, we sat down and we watched a, um, a series on Amazon Prime called Them. Now, what the premise of this movie is based off of is that a black family moves to an all-white neighborhood in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, and they have to deal with not only white people who do not want them in the neighborhood, also they got to deal with on the horror side of it, what you consider a horror film or series or what have you, um, they have to deal with demons and, and stuff of that nature. Very good series, to say the least. And trust me, it triggered the fuck out of me. Like, I don't know if you've seen the meme with... Uh, where, 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 if you ever go and see the triggered means where they people they just eyes just be twitching like oh god Jesus yeah that was me I was it was crazy it was a crazy series from beginning to end so but what I want to talk about is more so the imaging <clears throat> and how it focused on how white people looked at treated and used black people in that time frame. So let let me frame this for you people. All right. It's based off of actual historical shit. All right. Back in the 19, I think, 20s, 30s, this was after World War II, you had many black veterans who came back from the war and they got some money, you Things was prosperous. It was a prosperous time money-wise for everybody, even black folk. So, but you had Jim Crow, which was off the freaking chain. So what ended up happening was it was called the Secret Great Migration. What this was is black people was heading out west because they were hearing about, you know, opportunity to live in the suburbs. The West Coast, you ain't got to worry about Jim Crow out there because they don't have Jim Crow law. Now, the first migration was actually black people going up north. Each of these migrations was to get away from either Jim Crow, slavery, or AKA crazy ass white people. They want to fucking lynch our black asses. So you have families that went out there. Now, Compton has happened to be one of the spots that they went to, especially California. You can say Washington all up and down the West Coast. And 
what happened is that they was moving them into suburban neighborhoods, which was actually pretty much dominantly white. Now, if you had listened to my previous episode where I talked about Christianity and white privilege, I got to harken back to that. Also, the new Reconstruction era, if you go back and check that out, that these white people did not want black people in their neighborhood. Now, let me explain to you the reason why so people can understand. One, they felt that black people would bring down the property value. Two, many white people just had that mentality that it's their neighborhood, it's their land, it's their country. As you watch the series, you get that from many of the characters. Um, from many of the characters, such as uh, Elizabeth, a.k.a. Betty Wendell. Her father started a, for what I understand, an oil and a, he found oil in that area. And he basically built up that little township because Compton was actually a township that was all white. People, Compton has an airport, okay? And she talked about how her father made it to where these people, you know what I'm saying, that, that they had a place to stay. She even said, was it a black man that gave you your job to one of the guys during they was having a town meeting talking about the black folk to, you know what I'm saying, was it a black man that gave you your job or was it a white man? And she was very adamant that she didn't want the black people in, in her town, I mean, in her neighborhood. She was the most adamant other than a few other cats that was with her. And that was a sentiment that a lot of white people had. They looked at this is their country. They looked at this is their land. Period. So this black fam- so these black families had to go into and deal with white people who didn't want them in the neighborhood and white people that was willing to do and go to certain links to get them out of the neighborhood. Now understand, I'm not going to sit here and say this TV series embellish it. No, 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 no. It did not embellish. <laughs> it embellished when it came to the spirits, which I'll get to in a minute. But no, you had motherfuckers that were sitting there putting you know, jigaboo dolls on the front lawn. They were sitting there, you know, holding signs saying, nigga, we don't want you here, this, that, and the third. There was one time when they first, when the black family first moved into the white neighborhood. The next day, all the neighborhood wives were sitting there outside at tables playing their music loud, pointing it towards the house. And their whole point was to make Livia Lucky, Emery, who was the wife, go crazy. The whole purpose is to get them out. And see, that's the one thing I think that this, you know, that the director wants you to see. 
beyond which I'll get to the demons and all that good stuff. But what I'm saying is how much white people really dislike the thought of living next door to a black person and the reasoning why. I mean, serious business. It When I was sitting there watching this damn show, man, Jesus Christ, man, it was like, whoo, it would play on my mind. So, but anyway, now, they left North Carolina. They left Chatham, North Carolina. Now, part of the reason why they left Chatham, North Carolina, because the wife, Lucky, was raped and watched her child killed by a group, a family of white people. Who waited till when he saw they saw Henry, her husband, leave with the two kids, and they came, attacked her, raped her, and killed the baby. How they killed the baby was they put the baby in a a pillowcase and would just swing the baby around, killed it, and then just dropped it. So this whole time she's dealing with the death of her child, and it's it's not good which you would not expect it to be good because you just sat there and watched your baby. You got raped. Then on top of that, you watch your baby get completely murdered. They want a damn thing you could do about it. So because of that, the husband decides we need to move. So he decides he makes a phone call and finds out that he got a job lined up for him when he goes out to Los Angeles. And that's why they leave to go to Los Angeles. Now, the other part of this is it shows you how the real estate industry in Los Angeles, how cutthroat these fuckers were. Now, I know you heard the term cut your nose off to spite your face. All right. You had the realtor. Let me get to. Uh, let me see which one was the realtor. It was a realtor that worked with the black people to get um to get homes. Now the whole purpose of why these realtors um was targeting black people because what they wanted to do was they wanted to get actually the white people out of the neighborhoods. Now, this is what's funny. Funny how now you got the reunifications where they right now pretty much pushing the black people out of the neighborhood and trying to get white people in. Well, in this situation, they did the exact opposite. And they make mention of it. They talk about East High went down to East Compton and, and what have you. They wanted white people out of the neighborhood so that they could bring black people into the neighborhood and charge them more than the white people. Which would have made them a killing. Smoke that over. Now, and give them mortgages which they could not get out from under. So now we got the systematic racism kicking in. 
See, understand in this series, this too hit every type of racism that we've been bitching and moaning about and we've been talking about. He hit it in this series. I can't even hate on it. Dude, dude, dude did his thing. That's why I said the name of this is triggered. And you see evidence of this when she meets with the, the, the female relative. She meets with her bosses. And she said, well, why can't we just give them the same rates, which in turn would make them competitive. We still make money. He looked at her and said, bitch, really? You lucky to be sitting at this damn table. You supposed to be somewhere in the kitchen taking care of your goddamn husband and cooking dinner and making babies. Shut the fuck up and get these niggas here. And they said it. They said all we got to do is put two nigga families in each neighborhood. It's going to make them white motherfuckers want to move the fuck up out of there. And all we do is just replace it with niggas. Other words, they couldn't enslave us like they used to, so they figure out using the system to enslave us. Because think, if you can't pay that mortgage, that means you stuck. That means you can't have ownership. That means you can't own your house. That means they, it's always a cycle of where I can't make the money they keep the house. We kick you out. We put another nigga in. Because they knew about the great migration and they knew that black people was coming to look for a nice place to stay. Even on the contract, it said there said no one of only people of Caucasian blood can sit here. No one is prohibited against the law for in, for anyone of Negro blood to stay at this house. And each time the black couple, the black couple that they went to go meet that was in this, in the neighborhood, in, in another neighborhood and a similar position as them. saw so, and, and just like she asked, the wife asked, his wife asked, is this even legal? And technically it wasn't that they was charging more, made it illegal. What made it illegal was technically black people not leaving them neighborhoods. It was against the law. And the promise of why this migration was, you don't have to worry about Jim Crow here. We're trying to change. You see, they have the police involved. He's just there to keep the white people from killing the blacks. And throughout the series, you see how they antagonize the black people, antagonize the black people. Uh, Then on top of that, we look at the daughters. You have... The daughters, you have one dealing with what she's dealing with in high school, where she's now dealing with an identity crisis because she believes that she's black, she's not beautiful. And this is where we come to the constructs. Now, I know, I know what people are going to wonder. What do you mean by a construct? Construct is when it's a imaginary entity that you create through your imagination, through whatever. Now, and then you have the demon. I get to the demon, a.k.a. the devil, a.k.a. once again, a white dude. Because the trauma each of them has experienced, minus the mama, because the mama, her situation was different. The younger baby was reading this book, and there was a character in the book who was supposed to be a teacher. Because 
her and her sister felt some type of way look towards the mama because of what happened to their little brother. She began to, I guess, look into Miss Miss Vera. That was the good lady's name. And when they looked into Miss Vera, Miss Vera became a real person. And basically what she was, when she, she, she became a, you might want to say a poltergeist, a wraith, ghost, or what have you. And she haunted the little girl and messed with the little girl. The oldest daughter was Carolyn Denton. I've been wait, was that her name? No, Doris. This was a young girl who she met in high school, who actually was a demon or a construct that was made out, out of her insecurity of her being black and whether she was beautiful or not. And then you had the Jigaboo, who was a construct of the husband, Henry, for his guilt, because he wasn't there to protect his wife and, and save his son, because he took the babies to go see a minstrel show. And for some of you young bucks don't know what the fuck a minstrel show is, it's they used to have with movies like when you used to go to the movies. I know y'all still go to movie theaters. Well, the movie theaters they used to have what called minstrel shows, which was they it, it was tape shows, film shows where these guys was wearing the black face and the whole nine. And each construct messed with each of the family members throughout. Now the 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 mothers construct was not a construct actually was a powerful demon that actually ruled that area and his purpose was to attack all the black families that moved there and get their souls and their kids and the whole nine because they were cursed which I'll get to him in a minute See, I'm going to tell you what's funny. This might end up being a two-part, but if it is, eh, it might end up being a two-part. Who knows? Because it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you. Whew. Now, like I said, with the mother, she's dealing with that. Plus, of course, she's dealing with what happened to the kid. Because understand this, she never, none of them really had a chance to grieve. Plus, on top of that, you also have the conversation with mental health. Because could it be on the mental health side of things that they were seeing all this because of the grief, the guilt, never dealt with it? Because also you saw the mother never dealt with the depth. So when her, her cousin, Hazel, played by Paula Jai Parker, gave her a hug, she broke down and cried. The Jigaboo made Henry had to confront the fact that his wife was raped and how the child died. Which towards the end of the, towards the, end of the series, 
where he sat down in the movie theater and he asked Jigbo where your children, he said right over there. So he was saying, okay, this was, this was you. And he had to watch his wife get raped. Now, understand, they all defeated their constructs. They all overcame. But each of them really had a lot they were dealing with. I mean, even to the point of a daughter, she was sitting there, you know, look at the white girl. The white girl sit there and paint her lips and said, now you look beautiful. You're the most beautiful Negro girl I ever met. That's all she kept saying. Because she was so lonely, she made up a female in her mind, imaginary friend to a certain extent, to help cope with what was going on in high school. She even took her down the basement and had her ass motherfucking try out for some made-up cheerleaders. And then she was so disenfranchised, she poured white paint over herself, tried to I guess fit in. She put on makeup because she felt she wasn't pretty. She was about to cut her fucking face off. It was for her mama popping up. I told you, this shit on a racial front was crazy. And it was historical because you did have family that moved out to LA that went through shit like this. And also what he was trying to show you is the men, the mental state that some of these people had they had to deal with going through it. He now he might have took it to the extreme. He might have embellished it. But let's be honest, think about it. You move out to LA to get away from Jim Crow and you run into Jim Crow. That's why he showed you what they left in North Carolina. And he showed you what they dealt with. Now, mind you, the husband, he ended up killing the police officer, but the police officer, he wasn't there to help the black man. He was there just to get a pay, to get money from this lady, the realtor. And his job was just to keep the white people at bay long enough so many of them would move out. Now, I want to talk about this bitch. Miss Betty, Miss Betty, Miss Betty, Miss Betty, Miss Betty. Now, this bitch was very flawed in every which way. Now, let me explain to you why I say this. What he also showed was that white people project their hate because they're flawed within their own. That's what he was trying to explain it to y'all. And let me tell you how, why, so you understand when you watch this show. Betty has a husband. She wants her husband to step up and speak because he, she knew he had influence and, he, and everybody liked him to get everybody on the same accord to get these people the fuck out of the neighborhood. Betty even tried to coerce the milkman who had a crush on her and flirted with her to do his bit, to do some work for her, which he did to a certain extent. But Betty was flawed because 
See, she didn't dealt with some trauma. See, her daddy molested her, and the mama knew it. Because when she was trying to get money to move out of the neighborhood, she went to the bank to ask about their savings. She thought they had $6,000 in the bank. No, they didn't only have four hundred dollars because the husband cleared it out. Because when she didn't know the husband was gay, which was late, which the police, which the, the, the police chief who got ended up getting shot, alerted the husband. Yeah, my people, some of my men saw you come out of a place that you're not supposed to be. They look like bars on the outside. Yeah. But she didn't know that. Then on top of that, so she decided because she couldn't get the money, find out about that, she goes see her dad. Her dad, her mama, her dad is happy that she's back. He's uh trying to, you know what I'm saying? He was like, yeah, your mama said you were back for something. What do you want? And the mama comes in. She like, she mad that shorty ain't even here. They were surprised she was still living in Compton. Then he was saying, yeah, you might have to take a bath if you want the money, this, this, this. So, I mean, you got the daddy who's getting undressed. <laughs> and the mama putting out towels because she got to take a bath. She said, can I just get the money and leave? He's like, no, you got to take a bath. So her daddy would used to, to molest the shit out of her ass. Now, trust me, I have no sympathy for that white bitch. I don't like Miss Betty. That whole got everything she deserved. I just wish that they would have found out that the milkman kidnapped the bitch because, yes, he kidnapped her. Because she wanted to come out and run her mouth to, to, to Lucky. Lucky slapped the shit out of that bitch. <laughs> and the daughter said, that's right, mama, we weak their ass. <laughs> I loved it. But no, but that's why I said what it comes down to. And he puts her in the bunker. He down there trying to woo her in the bunker. She finally gets out the bunker. She thought she gets away. He shoots her ass with a with with a, with, a, with a rifle, killing her. So we don't hear her no more. But like I said, it just showed so many things. And then we of course we come to the big demon, the guy in the hat. Because everyone kept saying the guy in the hat. Because some of these families, one of the families, the lady went crazy and killed her kids. Another lady, she thought did that, but she didn't. It was just, she was having a vision at the time. The guy in the hat, they show you where he come from. This is probably episode nine. And when they were talking about the covet, it's too covet. It was the covet that the uh, realty companies was doing. We're going to get these black motherfuckers in here and we're going to use them. There's a covenant. With the guy in the black hat, which I gotta see what his name is. 
I'm sitting here, got all this stuff right here. Yeah. Give me one sec. Okay. Um, trying to find. I'm trying to find who <laughs> did Okay, yeah, man, the, yeah, the black hat man. That's what they called him. Man, he had no name. He was a preacher, probably, probably around, probably Mormon. If you want to go, probably Mormon. If you had to give it a religion, and he was praying to God, asking God why this, this, this with his son, and then he ends up finding his son in the wilderness. Well, anyway, he helped establish this this town or what have you, and the area probably had to be Compton, where Compton was going to eventually become, and two black people. A black couple happened to pop up because they had a they a wagon and the wagon wheel broke and she's pregnant. So they have them sit there for a minute so that you know until they get their stuff fixed. Because they don't have money, he said, Well, we can't pay you for fixing it. Is it something we can do? Can we work? So Also, in the midst of this, they're going through a drop with water. Now, let's go back to Christianity and white privilege, shall we? <laughs> let's go to Christianity and white privilege. This is where this come in. I swear to God, maybe dude, it, it, this movie must have been made way before, because I would say he must have listened to my damn podcast. While doing a meeting with the town folk, they're saying and start to blame the black people for why they can't find water, saying that they might have bought black magic. So the little young boy pulls out, grabs the Bible and pulls out a verse where it states that these black people supposed to be our slaves and they supposed to serve us. So now they're treating them like slaves. Even the even the black girl at some point called out the the black hat man and he reprimanded her. So they started to see that we went from we left because we did not want to be in slavery to we go out here to get away from it and we ran straight into it. Sound similar, you get me, of what happened with the Emery's. You left Jim Crow to run into the same situation, but just on a different coast. So they decide, you know something, fuck this shit, let's get the fuck out of here. They get captured. These fuckers told him that they stole the horse. It was his damn horse. It's a black man's horse. So these white motherfuckers blind both of them. And then she cursed them. The black girl cursed them. Said God don't like people that do shit like this. You gonna pay. So these motherfuckers said, all right. They strung them up and burned them. 
but the dumb motherfuckers burnt him inside the church. The church caught on fire. So the black hat man goes downstairs and he shakes hands with the devil because his son was actually the devil. And the black hat man basically made a covenant that no black people shall stay on that land and that any black people that come on that land, they will haunt them and take their souls. And that what he tried to do to this family here. But the mother was stronger than that. Oh, by the way, let's go to the mental health side of it. Now, everything she was dealing with, the pain she was dealing with, what was going on, she ends up going to a mental hospital where they was going to electrocute her fucking brain. Now, she ended up killing the damn doctor and escaping to go save her people. But they just threw her in the the mental institution because she kept telling people she was seeing things, but no one would believe her until the end. Finally, the husband figured it out. That's why I said you just sit there, you watch and see how they dealt with each issue they had because really, truth be told, they never grieved over that loss of the, of the, of the kid. They also, on top of that, had to deal with being harassed and jumped and treated like shit by white people because he even showed you how Henry had, well, he had to deal with, with his job. His boss didn't even want him to meet the head man because he was like, I just want to let you know, you know, the CEO, he, he don't know that I hired a Negro. Because they got this big military contract, right? And every last one was going to get equity from. They were going to get a percentage off of it. Which he was going to get. So he wanted to introduce himself to the boss man. His manager wouldn't let him do it. So he disobeyed the manager, pushed him out the way he meets, introduced the dude. It actually went pretty decently well. Later on, his boss man takes him off the defense contract, belittles him, tells him that he ain't shit, and basically was like, because you a nigga, you ain't shit. You lucky to be here. You know what I'm saying? It, it just... it. And trust me, he wanted to beat the shit out of dude. And then, the, and then of course, the, the Jigaboo dude, the Mr. Bojango dude, was sitting there saying, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Nigga, you go now talk up to you like that. Boy, I swear. That's <laughs> how it got talk. Straight up. Let me tell you how crazy it was. Henry was about to go kill, uh, do something to the boss man. He went to the he went to that manager's house. Then, luckily, he didn't see dude, so he about to leave. Another white dude 
No, actually, before he went in, he was thinking about going in, and the, the white dude, the neighbor, said, hey, what you doing here? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm going right. Well, yeah, yeah, you better get it going, boy. So he, the white dude wanted to talk up to the black dude. Soon he turned his back, Henry hit that motherfucker with that damn gun, knocked his ass for a loop. Yeah, he was back, it was that serious. Henry ended up shooting the, the cop. Now, I don't know if any of them went to jail because at the end, what you saw was the family standing together as one with guns drawn at them and the whole white neighborhood looking at them. And they was like, you know something, you can't break us. We ain't going nowhere. This movie touched on a lot of shit. It touched on how religion shaped how white people look at us. It showed you how why white people look at us the way that they do. And it also showed you that think about the thought process that he had. This was like, what, 18-something when the black hat man was alive and then did, did you grow all the way up to 19 had to be 30s maybe 40s I dare say for, for this piece you hear him say it's my 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 neighborhood the one of the husbands Marty Dixon he was an asshole he was the one that was sitting there listening to Betty and and was talking shit to Betty. Husband like, your wife said this. She got more balls than you. They decided they wanted to go because Betty got kidnapped. They automatically assumed that the nigga did it. Not because they had any evidence, because they just wanted a reason to go fuck with the nigga because they wanted the nigga out the neighborhood. They were going to try to hang the dude. Lucky for us that the older girl... Ruby, Ruby Lee, motherfucking put an axe to one of the guys. Then one of my favorite parts of it was Henry's trying to put the antenna on top so they can have a TV. Three of the white husband comes over and was like, your, your son, your wife, your bitch, your horrible wife chased my son. With a switch. And they were trying to dare him to come down. My boy said, look, I want you to ask him to come down. He said, no, I'm telling you. No, no, I want you to ask. So you won't feel bad about what happened because you asked for it. <laughs> and they looked there, but they saw that, look, Henry ain't playing, nigga. Henry ain't playing. Henry was, Henry was about that shit. Henry was about that life, dude. Harry was fucking gangster, yo. Straight up. I mean, regardless of regardless of all the bullshit, Henry was motherfucking gangster, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> and his wife, too. Because she was ready to motherfucking put a bullet in the bitch quick. I'm telling you. But they looked up at Henry. They said, you know them apes are strong as shit, man. So they automatically, so... They come over to talk shit to him. But when he gets mad, y'all get scared. And it's three of y'all because y'all think he's got supernatural powers because he's a black man. 
because you think he's half animal because you heard that he's part ape. See, once again, and then we bring it to modern day. See, when I tell people it's a reason for why white people feel the way they feel towards blacks. Little Marvin actually showed y'all this shit. Because in their mind, we will always be slaves. They had no sympathy, no empathy, no sympathy, no no sympathy, no nothing. And then it's funny because it was a uh, a documentary where they showed a, that one of the real first couples that did that in L.A. This is what it was based off of, just embellished. I don't know how I feel about Negroes staying beside me. Um, they're going to bring the neighborhood down. Um, and then they're going to bring more of them. And I'm talking about, they literally was thinking that dudes are going to come in the neighborhood and start fucking wives out this bitch, straight the fuck up. Which makes me wonder, did some of the white motherfuckers really wanted the black dudes to fuck their wives? Were some of the motherfuckers with cuckolds? On the low, I mean, cause it seems like every time when I see a movie or something, or or when I look at history, it's always got something to do with the black man fucking the white woman. Funny how in twenty twenty, that's actually a fucking thing now. Cuckold. So white people went from, I'm afraid of black people fucking my wife, to. Dude, I really need me a black dude to fuck my wife. Actually, about five or six. Funny how time changed, don't you think? <laughs> Funny how time changed. But see, that's what I'm saying. This triggered me so much because I was like, this was Roots triggered. Yeah, Roots triggered. If you ever watch Roots... Yeah. And I was a young one tricking about that shit. Was like, damn, how many times they gonna call this man nigga? <laughs> what they doing? I cried when I saw goddamn uh the kid that get whooped. My mom had to call the TV and have a conversation. See, that's what I love about the black content creators. And these studios that allow them to really create some fucking shit. Because think about, could everyone just say, well, them and us? No, no, no. Us and them is not on the same level. Not even close. No, this is more of a them and Lovecraft Country. This is just a little bit more realistic. A little bit not realistic, but a little bit close to realistic.
You know, period. Because think about this for a second. The only reason why the black people migrated because they didn't think they were going to be able to get a loan. And it wasn't even a loan. It was, no, we're going to, yeah, you could buy the house. They sold them the house. They gave them a cheap-ass fucking loan. Or it was the loan. I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe one of y'all, if y'all listen to it or watch, you can understand. But they did some, it was some illegal shit that they did. And probably, this is in the movie, which I'm pretty sure that they did in real life. Because think about how many black people moved to L.A. like that, strong. They wouldn't call it the Great Migration if they wanted a Great Migration, people. Imagine, and see, like I said again, white people, oh my God, we got Negroes in the, in the neighborhood. Let me tell you what they're worried about. More Negroes coming. Negroes getting jobs. Negroes eventually owning businesses. Negroes eventually owning land. Why? This my land. That's all you heard. And trust me, you're going to hear that, that, that term once or twice, if not five times each episode. Mine. Mine. From the white people. It was crazy. Even though in the first episode, you knew where it was going to be. They rolled up. Motherfuckers was looking like, what the fuck? And then Betty, she looked out the window and saw the black girl come out. She didn't know. She was beside herself. God. She was so mad that one girl was talking about moving out. She poured a whole motherfucking cup of sugar in the bitch's car. Gas tank. Betty was an evil bitch. My wife was like, I hope she don't do no more roles like this because I'm not going to like her. <laughs> that shows you that what's her name? Hold on. I got to give Allison Peel. I have to give her fucking props because you play that role a little too goddamn good. And I got, let's be honest, some of the motherfuckers that play these racist roles, don't you think they play them a little too convincingly? I'm just saying. They they play it convincingly. And then what's crazy about this, let's keep it real life. After his ass almost got hung, these guys done broke in his house and did everything in their fucking power to, to, to try to convince this man to move or scare him to move. You think the cops, after they would have solved the, the rope, saw the man down there dead, would have figured out that what was going on? You think they would have arrested both of them son bitches? No. But like I said, they had to fight many demons. They had to deal with, because like I said, you had to deal with the mental health side of things. Grieving, losing a family member, the way that black people was treated. Um... It was just crazy because even to the point where she went over to Watts. And no, here's the thing. They, even when she went over to Watts, she said, I felt so at home and, and she loved it and blah, 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 blah. You know, period. Um, I know, like, you know, say the question that I went, why didn't go to Watts? Y'all, y'all would have been in love. But like the white lady said, 
we're trying to make a change. Now, granted, the change that 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 was bullshit because it was y'all trying to make a change. They were trying to make some change, some money, some dough. That's what they were trying to do. It wasn't a good deed. But once again, no good deed going unpunished because she ended up damn near almost getting killed herself. That's why I tell people, you got to understand something when it comes to movies. Movies sometimes tell us the truth. Truths that we may not want to see. It's funny when I sit there and watch a white dude review this shit on YouTube, his ass is like, I'm triggered and I'm a white dude. He was like, we was fucked up back in the day. What'd that tell you? And what really hurt was the little girl. The little girls, the way they looked at their mother, they were like, we'll never be like her. Because the mother was actually a teacher, and they were proud of her. That's why the the daughter started believing in Miss Vera, because Miss Vera was a fictitious teacher in a book. The daughter started believing in the mama because of what happened. And because she looked like her mama, she felt she was ugly. You even hear the dad every time when she tried to say her mama was crazy. She was like, shut up, it's your mama. Respect. This is something that kids don't have nowadays. See, that's why I said this movie, trust me, I know a lot of y'all podcasters. I'm so curious. I want to hear Joe Button talk about this shit. I want to hear Mandy and, and, and Bridget Kelly talk about this shit. Damn it. I want to hear King Reed talk about film. Because I'm pretty sure they were just as fucking triggered as me. And see, it's crazy because it makes me think about the shit that my granddaddy and grandma had to deal with. Cause they was from the, they lived in North Carolina. These fuckers were from Chatham County, North Carolina, dog. That ain't nothing but thirty minutes from Durham, player. Country as fuck. It's a one horse town. Believe that. The racism that my mom and dad had to deal with. It came a long way, people. We got a long way to go. Trust me on that. But no, I do suggest people to watch them, watch this series. I am looking forward, forward to season two. And like I said, this lets you know, because normally I do my reviews on the Smoke This Over podcast, but because this movie was so deep and it triggered me so much, I had to do a whole fucking episode on the Smokers Lounge. So... With that being said, life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? You haven't learned anything. Smoke that over.